You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Should you put your 16-year-old son in that? Well, that's pretty obvious. No, you should not. Because, yeah. you know, that's a lot of power. That's, uh, that's a, okay. a, a, a lot to handle for a 16-year-old. I remember growing up, you know, the most horsepower any car had for when we were growing up, maybe it was 200 horsepower. And nowadays, 200 horsepower would be in a Camry. You know, or a, or a Toyota Tercel. So, um, so you know, it, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know, just because you can do it or you can afford to do that, uh, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, the car for you. What what are some of the things that you should look out for when you're buying a classic car? Well, first of all, can you even fit in it? You know, we've all gained some girth around the uh, uh, the waist area, and uh, it's you know one of those things that uh, we hate to admit, uh, but we're probably not getting smaller as we get older. Although people do shrink, I think, <laughs> when they get older. So, but anyway, it's one of those things that. You want to make sure that you can fit in the car. You know, we've had people come in little cars before, little sports cars, a TR3 or a TR6 Triumph or an MG, and they find that they just can't fit in the car. And so, you know, it's one of those things that uh, make sure that you can fit in the car that you're buying. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is the, one of the number one questions we get from, from buyers who are buying from a long distance is, uh, uh, how long is the car? Because... It needs to fit in your garage, and believe it or not, the older garages, which you know would have been built maybe in the fifties or the sixties, they had these longer cars. But for whatever reason, they weren't very big garages, so a lot of times they won't fit. So people will call us all the time and say, "Hey, you know, how long is that car exactly?" Because I need to know if it'll fit in my garage. Because if it won't, I don't want to buy it, and I get that because you don't want it just to sit outside. Uh, you don't want to spend all your hard-earned money on a, you know, a nice classic car only to have it deteriorate sitting on the outside. And, you know, not that it can't sit outside. It is a car. Cars are made to be outside. Right? True. And uh, it's not like, uh, you know, they're, they're not designed for that. But in a perfect world, you keep your car inside. Uh, you know, it's if it's a car that requires a lot of maintenance or it's a car that requires a lot of tinkering, is that something you're comfortable with? You know, it's one of those things that uh, I think most of us think that we can fix things and they were mechanically inclined, but uh, that, that's not always the case. So do you know a good mechanic or somebody who is available to you, a neighbor or something that has some knowledge about tinkering with these cars that require? Um, one of those things that um, some somewhat thought out before you buy that, uh, whatever car that maybe needs some, some more work done to it. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that you're looking at modern collectibles, and maybe that makes more sense for people. You know, we, we sell a lot of late model Camaros and Corvettes and things like that, Mustangs. And the reason being is because they're you know, a little more reliable, they're uh, a little bit easier to maintain, they don't require some of the, the tinkering that some of the older cars do. Uh, so, you know, certainly something to look at. But I always caution people, especially if you're looking at a, you know, a 10, 15, 20-year-old European car. Um, you know, it seems cheap when it's offered for sale or across the auction block. I get friends all the time who say, Oh my goodness, that 95 Jaguar sold for $5,000. What a bargain. And it looks like a new car. Problem is that it's not a new car. It's 26 years old. And so uh, that, it looks modern. It looks like it should be as reliable as a modern car, but it's, it's got a lot of life on it. And it's had a lot of years and usually a lot of miles on it. So, you know, I caution people when you see something that seems like a real steal or a bargain in the hobby, make sure you know what you're getting into. Make sure that you have either an expert look at it or if someone uh, that you know is, is well-versed in those cars to, to look at them and, and make sure that it's something that uh, is not going to be problematic for you down the road. Because the worst thing to do 
is to buy a classic or collector car. And then you can't drive it. You know, people buy these project cars and think, oh, I'm going to fix this up. And, you know, a year later they call me and say, hey, be interested in buying that back from me because I haven't gotten very far with it. And, and I get that. I mean, it, it seems like, wow, I can do a lot of work myself and I can do all these different things. But the reality of it is, is buy the best that you can buy, you can afford. You know, buy the best quality, the, you know, the most complete car that you could possibly afford. And also make sure, as we talked about, I think, last week, is that make sure that you got a little leftover in the bank account if for the things that you need or want or want to change or want to fix. Um, you know, any of these cars that you buy, classic cars, are, are you know, are, you buy them for enjoyment. You buy them for the Sunday cruise or to go out and get ice cream with the grandkids or to go in the local parade or to take to the local car show and sit behind it and talk about how proud you are of your pride and joy. And, uh, and that's, that's the fun part of the business. But the not so fun part about it is when the car gives you trouble and is problematic and things like that. So do your research, do your homework, uh, and define the right classic car to buy for you because, you know, it, it, it's, there's too many choices out there to make a bad choice. So, uh, and also the most important thing about when, what's the right classic car to buy is the one that your spouse likes. You know, you don't want to buy a car that, that uh, is not fun for her to ride in or him to ride in or they to ride in. Uh, you want um, you want something that is going to be enjoyable for you and your spouse or significant other. And uh, make sure that, uh, you know, they're on board with it as well, too. Otherwise, you're going to be spending many lonesome hours in your garage or in your car by yourself. <laughs> that's that's not any fun. The part of the hobby that's so fun is sharing time with somebody, seat time with somebody, teaching the family members we talked about earlier how to drive a manual transmission or a, or a, a, a classic car that takes a little bit of different skill set than a modern car. I know that, uh, you know, I learned to drive on a 60, what did I learn to drive on? A 67 Pontiac Catalina. That was my mom's car. I used to drive it up and down the driveway when I was about 9 to 10 years old. Of course, it was an automatic transmission, so it didn't teach me a lot. Then the local kid down the street had a I don't remember what year, Vega, and it was a manual transmission, and he taught me how to drive on a manual transmission, which was, uh, uh, I'm so glad that he did. I'm so thankful that uh, I learned that early on and how to, uh, you know, use a clutch on a hill. <laughs> That's really important because, you know, it's no fun to be on a hill and realize that you're in a manual transmission and you don't know how to not run into the guy behind you. Uh, and so it was always it was always good to uh, to have that skill set, and uh, you know you want to make sure that that kids today understand that because uh, it's important that uh, in order for this hobby to survive and continue to thrive like it's doing now, which is doing very well, um, uh, we need to uh, you know encourage the kids and 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 you know, other other. People that maybe aren't necessarily into classic cars now, but should be, or, or would appreciate it if they were having, given the opportunity. Um, the other thing we want to talk about today is uh, the Philly Auto Show, which is coming up in January. We hope. Um, <laughs> COVID be darned. We hope that it's coming. Uh, they, they held it in June last year, and uh, it's a wonderful show for us. It was one of the first shows that we did when we started here at Classic Auto They invited us to bring about 15 cars out to the uh, to the convention center in downtown Philadelphia. And uh, it was a, a great experience for us, number one. And number two, it really introduced us to the market. Uh, in addition to that, they did the, uh, the uh, video of us on ABC6 News. And uh, it was about a three-minute video they did. And that really ignited everything that was going on. So it's one of those things that, um, you know, we, we would like to uh, encourage everybody to come out to. Uh, I don't know what will be uh, the status of it this year with regards to the mask and things like that. By the way, in the background, it's raining here. <laughs> you can hear that. Oh, it's got a cat on a hot tin. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's for atmosphere. That's for atmosphere. It gives us a little, yeah. So uh, it's really an aluminum or a tin roof, so that's why it sounds like that. It's pouring. My wife said to me this morning, duh, it's a tin roof. Don't wonder it's so loud. <laughs> uh, but it is pouring down rain now. But guess where it's not pouring? Well, 
there's a few spots that may be pouring down rain inside, but only a few leaks here and there. Uh, but anyway, back to the Philly Auto Show. So if you get a chance this year in January, it looks like latter part of January 1st to February, we'll get the exact dates for you. Uh, come check out the Philly Auto Show. It's a great new car show, uh, but it's also got classics. The Antique Automobile Club of America brings cars, uh, as well as we will be bringing probably 12 or 14 cars down there as well and have our whole staff set up down there. And come by and visit with us and say hello and find out all there is to know about classic and uh, when we come back we'll talk more car stuff see you in a bit if you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely or you may have firearms you no longer want this message is for you i am a licensed ffl firearms dealer in the state of florida specializing in estate firearm purchases it is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws you can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next 45 minutes, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 farm finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website at classicautomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest today, Email us at podcast at classicautomall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Automall, Stuart Howden. Good morning, Steve. How are you this Pretty morning? good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, me too. It's raining outside, but it's not raining inside. Cats and dogs. Cats and dogs on a hot tin roof is my one. It might be raining a little bit inside, though. We have a couple of leaks. We have a nice big flat roof, 336,000 square foot building, so... It's going to have a leak or two. Sorry. <laughs> Just not around the car. Yeah, not around the cars perfectly. And, you know, not at the table where you're dining. You know, that would be... <laughs> restaurants can't handle that. We can handle mm-hmm. a little bit. We have some buckets, so we can certainly handle the rain. So, uh, today we were talking about and have been talking about, if for those of you who didn't catch the first part of our show, we... Have a little audio difficulties. We're getting there, though. We're slowly but surely. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out, and uh, we're gonna even figure out how to do it remotely. And we're gonna figure out how to have people that aren't here virtually on our show. That's right. Uh, how cool would that be uh, to be able to have it? Not everybody makes it out to Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, it's a it's a long way uh, from everywhere. Not really. That's what I used to say about Branson, Missouri. You're right. It's far from everywhere. It's the middle of the country. They used to say that about Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Vegas was in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. What a you know, build it and they will come. Right? That's right. That's what we. That was our motto. That's my logo. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things that we started last week, and we had a winner, uh, Bill from uh, Sioux City, Iowa. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so he got the four on the floor, uh, which is a trivia contest that we have that uh, we give you four clues, four on the floor, uh, hello, and you guess what car it is, and you send the uh, your response into podcast at classicautomall.com. That's podcast, not plural, podcasts. That's podcast, singular, at classicautomall.com. So the four clues for this week are, and I haven't even, I don't even know what this is. So. Well, it's all a mystery. Yeah, it's all a mystery, and that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. So... Clue number one. Amazingly, there are only seven of these cars at Classic Auto Mall in our inventory right now. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, that narrows out down Corvettes because I think we have about 60 of those. True. Uh, so anyway, so seven of these are in inventory here at Classic Auto mm-hmm. Mall. This, clue number two, this one will likely take six figures to purchase. Oh. So that would be over $100,000. Over $100,000. All right. Well, 
place it over, so uh, will likely take. So that means there could be some negotiation. Correct. So, all right. Uh, number three is the only one in this color. So that should narrow it down for those of you who are sleuthing around on our website right mm-hmm. now. The fourth clue is six by two. Six by, by two. two. Huh. What could all that mean? So clue number one, seven of these are here at Classic Auto Mall. Clue number two, this one will likely take six figures to purchase. Clue number three, is the only one in this color. And clue number four, six by two. Aren't we cryptic this morning? It's super cryptic. And what I mean by it's the only one in this color, it's the only one at Classic Auto Mall in this color. Right. Not it's one, not of one. One, one of one in the whole wide world. Right. So, okay. Gotcha. So, anyway, that's our four on the floor for the week. And uh, hopefully somebody will figure it out and we'll send your response to podcast it. ClassicAutoMall.com and tell us if you want a t-shirt or a hat and we'll send you one of those. Send me your address and all that good stuff. So we'll we'll look forward to that. And, and speaking of, you know, cars and cars and inventory here at Classic Auto Mall, what are the hot cars in the market right now? Um, we're seeing a lot of late 60s, early 70s Chevelles going out the door pretty quickly. Um, so if you've got a Chevelle you're thinking about selling, uh, now's a good time for it. The other thing, which continues to sell well, and it's always surprising to me, and I don't know why I keep saying this, uh, eventually, you know, you get the clue, but Model A Fords. Huh. Yeah, How about that? Yeah, it just seems to be, I, you know, I, I, they're affordable, they're fairly easy to work on, uh, they're pretty simplistic, they're not, Model T is a little tricky, you know, that's a different animal, and uh, they're affordable as well too, uh, but they're a little bit trickier to drive and have a little bit more of uh, buttons and bells and whistles and different things that you got to do on them. The Model A is pretty straightforward, um, easy to drive, easy to work on. Not, you know, terribly fast or anything like that, but that's not what they were designed for. And they certainly, I mean, if you think of an antique car, that's a, it's like the poster child for that. It is. And, it's for, and then more for what we call classic cars, I would say more the poster child for those is the five, 55, 56, and 57 Miller. Right. Um, you know, that's that's so iconic when it comes to classic cars. And, and Which you have in stock. Yeah, we have one right there, a convertible yeah. right there in front of us. In our main showroom, which is uh, uh, right in the entrance when you come into Classic Auto Mall, to the left, you'll see us in our studio. And to the right, when you come in, you'll see our main showroom uh, with some of our more uh, high-dollar type cars in there. And then all of our car specialists work out of that room as well, too. And then in the back of that room, is our dedicated photo booth, which is white floors, white walls, white ceiling, white everything, and uh, and then our lift and our wash bay. And so when the cars come in in the back of showroom, they get all their fluffing and, and so forth, and uh, and then we put them out on the floor. And uh, and so, like I said, if you've got a Chevelle or a Model A Ford, um, certainly reach out to us. Uh, you can send. Uh, there's a on our website. There's a, a tab that says consignment. At the top of the page, you click on that, and there's a request for a consignment form or an application, if you will. It's not the full consignment form uh, that we would have you fill out uh, when we come to an agreement to uh, consign your car, or you decide you would like to consign your car with us. And so, but it's a preliminary one that you can send us a few pictures, tell us a little brief history about the car, and we can kind of get a, a handle on what it is you have, and then kind of come to terms on what we think is value and things like that. Uh, you know, it's important to, if you don't know the value, we can certainly help. We're not certified appraisers, but we have a pretty good handle on what's, you know, what's for, you know, the price points in the market for different vehicles, and we're not always correct. And it changes year to year, right? Absolutely. Change from more than that. It changes... I think, I don't say monthly, but there is a lot of fluctuation. Things get popular for some particular reason, and the market seems to shift a little bit, and then that market will settle down for a while. I don't know if everybody that wants one gets one, you know, and then then the market kind of goes a little south. But, you know, lately we've been seeing a trending upward of prices in cars, and especially for good cars. You know, for the average car that's in a number, you know, Number one condition being, you know, Concord quality, perfect, perfect, perfect. Number five being, you know, box of parts in your garage and, you know, a rust bucket and everything in between. Usually most cars fall in the two to three category. And most of the cars, the three category is what you would call like a driver. So it's got some rock chips. It's got some damage to it. Um, it's not perfect. There's some wear and tear on it. Uh, but it's a good, you know, from 20 feet away, it looks like brand new. Uh, we say it's a good 2020. So right. 20 and still showable too. And very, yeah, very if showable. It's a classic. If it's a classic and uh, very showable. And uh, and so the cars don't have to be perfect. I mean, you know, 
when somebody tells me they have a perfect car, first of all, I say, mm, well, now, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a few of them that we get in here are as close to perfect as you could possibly get, but most are not. Most are number two or three condition. Most are driver quality. Most are, you know, have a few flaws here and there, and that's okay. I mean, that's are there equivalent organizations to NCRS with for other makes and models? Well, uh, not that I'm aware of. Now, there's experts mm -hmm. that are familiar with cars and will do an appraisal on particular types of cars. Uh, there's a guy, Mopar guy. Mm -hmm. There's a guy, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now, who does uh, Chevelles and Camaros. And, you know, he'll, you talk about learning some of stuff uh, from a guy like that. I mean, you think you know a lot about cars until you get one of those guys yeah, right. in front of you. And all of a sudden, they point out stuff that you've never heard I of. I watched Jerry Heasley on uh, on uh, YouTube. Right. He was a writer for uh, a journalist, auto journalist, but he specializes in Mustang. Right. Shelby's and right. Stuff. The stuff those guys know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, there's little telltale signs and clues of things that you can tell if a car is a real SS Chevelle or a real right. SS Camaro and stuff that, you know, you can learn a lot. And that's the beauty of this business. I mean, I think I learn something new almost every day in this business, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. So if you have one of those particular cars, um, give us a call and uh, or go onto our website, classicautomall.com, and click on the consignment tab, and uh, it'll it'll give you the application. And like I said, if you don't know the price, let us help you. you know, we'll be glad to kind of guide you in what direction we think uh, the car should be. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's your asset. It's your, your, your piece of metal. And so you ultimately determine what the price point will be for the car. Um, we're happy to try it for our 90 day period and then at the end of 90 days maybe we need to adjust it or you know incrementally we don't want to adjust it too much but maybe it needs to come down in price just a little bit to get some more activity so uh, but certainly give us a give us a shout uh, either through the internet or through an email or give us a call 888-227-0914 is our phone number are you finding that with the uh, the new bronco that there's renewed interest in the old broncos well, I mean, the old Broncos and the old Blazers and the old International Scouts have been hot for a while. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's the, the market. And even the new ones, are, you see them at auction, and they're bringing yeah, I know. They're bringing above, it, above. Above. Yeah. Well, we sold a Shelby Mustang, a 2020, uh, six or eight months ago, and it brought like 30 grand over sticker. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just people just wanted them so desperately. Right. And, uh, and it's surprising because there's so many options. But let me rephrase that. There were so many options in the new car world. Uh, that's changed a little bit right now. The new car dealers are will tell you that uh, it's getting a little bit better, uh, but they've had struggles with inventory oh, sure. uh, through all this pandemic and supply chain issues and stuff that I don't really understand you know, about. But I know that there's... Uh, hundreds of, or maybe not hundreds, but a lot of ships out at the, uh, at the ports uh, not able to get in and unload. And and then there's chip shortages. Yep. And, and there's just supply chain shortages because people can't necessarily get people to go to work. You know? That's and right. so, uh, very difficult in finding help these days. I mean, we, we've experienced that uh, as well, too, here. That, you know, people um, either decided to t take an early retirement. Of course, a lot of the guys that work for me are, are really literally retired. <laughs> but they're working because they love it. And, and, it beats and being a greeter at Walmart. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's your more, thing. More fun being around yeah. 600 classic cars. Yeah, 650. Thank you. Six <laughs> I still want to throw you off. No, we want to be right. With my raspy voice here today. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the interesting cars that we've recently consigned here at Classic Auto World. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. 
I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Automall Podcast, live from the Classic Automall Studio in lovely downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania, right on the turnpike. You can't miss us. Uh, it's kind of a rainy day today, so come join us inside. We're here till noon today, not on the show, but uh, actually our our building is open till noon. Our Saturday hours are 9 a.m. to noon, and uh, if you're in the area or close by, uh, come see us. Uh, we've got a couple more hours, two and a half more hours that we're here, and Beats walking around out in the rain. Uh, you can come indoors and uh, see all the wonderful cars that we have. We've got some great cars in uh, the past couple of weeks. We got two of the nicest forty-one Willys. Is it Willys or Willis or Will? Will Willys? I think it's Will. Will it is Willys. I think they give me the Willys. That's what I say. <laughs> and sorry about my voice. I feel a little raspy today. A little under the weather at the beginning of the week. No, I didn't have anything. You know. Bad. It was just a, a normal, regular cold. <laughs> they still, they still have those. I think they do. They being <laughs> who, are they? who are they? <laughs> well, they say. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, Well, who's they? Well, I, I used to say USA Today. That's yeah. who it is. Oh, right? You know, whoever. You just make up something because you don't really know who the they experts. are. The experts, the people that know the news. Somebody said. Well, we wish we had the news like it used to be when Walter Cronkite just came out and just reported the news. That did no. Well, they had agendas back then too. We just didn't know it. Things that uh, things that make you go huh. Anyway, the interesting cars that we've got in two 1941 Willys. Uh, one of them's fiberglass. Uh, it's got a 520 Donovan supercharged thousand horsepower block. Uh, it is uh, amazing. It's orange and white which are my colors because I'm a University of Tennessee fan, even though there's not much to be fanful about lately. Mm. Oh, by the way, to our Atlanta buddies, go Braves. That was a good thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this Willys is amazing. I mean, it is, and, and excuse me, the one with the Donovan block is the all-steel Willys that we got in. So it's a 1941 Willys Coupe, 520 cubic inch Donovan block, supercharged, 1,000 horsepower, which is, you know, enough to get you down the road a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You know, these guys build these cars. The, the guy who built uh, the other wheelies that we're going to talk about, uh, it took me for a ride in the parking lot, and that was interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, you got a big parking lot, so you got a lot of room to yes, we have a, stretch it out. A lot of room, and uh, and this thing was amazing. But the, the Donovan block one, the supercharged one, is all-steel body, which are very, very difficult to find. Uh, in talking to the Willys experts, uh, they'll tell you that a mediocre so-so Willys body in all-steel, if you can find one, mm-hmm. are north of $60,000 just for the body. Mm-hmm. And that requires work to it, to, to be done to it. And, of course, paint. And, of course, you know, then you got suspension and interior and the engine and a 520 cubic inch supercharged Donovan. I imagine that's not inexpensive. No, <laughs> so, some money in that. Yeah, there's some there's some some dollars in that. So, and then the fiberglass one, uh, the orange and white one, is really just a striking car. And it was, I think it's a four seventy two cubic inch. It isn't quite yet up on our website, but it will be in the next uh, few days or so. We've got so many cars. We've consigned a hundred and thirty cars this month, and uh, that's a record, by the way. Our, I think our previous record was one hundred and eleven. So we've got 130 cars in this month, and uh, you know that's that's a lot of inventory to take in and a lot to process. So hats off to all my guys who are doing an amazing job at uh, you know keeping these cars, getting them photographed, getting them cleaned up, getting them out of the floor, getting them offered for sale, getting the description written, um, all those things that uh, require time and effort. So thank you guys for a wonderful job. and girls back in the office. They. They, uh, they're processing cars like crazy. We're selling, gosh, this week we've sold a bunch of cars. And where have we sold them to? Yeah, where have we? Well, well, one went to Orwigsburg. I can say that now. since I'm, I know where that is. I don't know where that is. I had to look it up for something uh, this week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Milford, Delaware. Bryn Mawr, 
Pennsylvania. I guess I pronounced that correct. Yep. Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. Auckland, New Zealand. Wow. So a 71 Ford Torino GT. Auckland. Okay. Yeah. wonder what the shipping bill on that's going to be. <laughs> Don't want to know. Uh, Linfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, Denville, New Jersey. Miami, Florida. Go Dolphins. Right. Uh, they're not doing so well this year either. Falconer, New York. Port Ritchie, Florida. Uh, I guess there's a Port Ritchie and then there's a new Port Ritchie. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. This is an interesting one. Ho-Ho-Cuss, New Jersey. Ho-Ho-Cuss, New Jersey. Is that how you say it? I don't know. It's three words. Oh, it's H-O-H-O-K-U-S. <laughs> Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Interesting. Okay. North Hollywood, California. There you go. Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. That goes to so Seattle and then goes on a ship. Yeah, then it goes on. I know, because I bought a car in, in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my lawyer is so good that tomorrow you're going to be working in Alaska. That was my favorite oh, line in Scarface. Uh, okay, uh, sorry. Westerville, Ohio, Toms River, New Jersey, Lawn, L-A-W-N, Pennsylvania, hmm. and Naperville, Illinois. Z, Illinois. Is it Illinois? Z, I say Illinois, Illinois, but I don't know. Illinois. So anyway, where some of the cars went uh, that we've sold in the past week since last Saturday. Uh, some other interesting cars that we've gotten in, uh, in inventory recently. We've got a 90 Jeep uh, Grand Wagoneer. I love those. With the wood sides oh, on yeah, them. No, yeah, they're hot. Oh, they're, they're super hot. Uh, talking about the SUVs and the Broncos, uh, the Grand Wagoneers are hot, especially the 91, which was the last year for the Grand Wagoneer. Right. And they only made 1,400 and something right? of those. So those are the really desirable ones, but they're all desirable. I mean, ours was a 1990 that we sold. I think we had it in inventory for about three weeks wow. and sold. It did not last so long. Right yeah. Now. You know, uh, people have that nostalgia for, mm-hmm. for stuff like that. And, you know, uh, nothing like a, a Grand Wagoneer with the wood sides. And yeah. The, Even the XJs are just... Oh, yeah. 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 They're just, they're just really, really popular now. Uh, we got in a great uh, a 1995 Mitsubishi uh, 3000 GT VR4, which is the twin turbo. Very cool car. Retractable hardtop mm-hmm. you know, in that car. And what a car. You know, those cars, you talk about something that was just a blast to drive, good looking, well designed. So there was the, there was a, Two different versions of that. Wasn't there? There was, there was the Mitsubishi uh, 3000, and wasn't there a Dodge Stealth? Yeah, Dodge, Dodge yeah. Stealth, but it yeah. didn't have the, I don't think it had the, oh, there was an RT version. Of I, yeah, Stealth. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It's just, there's nothing like, it's really a different looking car. It's kind of like F-body, but not really. It's, right, exactly. It's Japanese, exactly. and it's just really cool. Well, and that was the, you know, the competition back in the day mm-hmm. was pretty strong. You had the, uh, the Toyota Super Turbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the Nissan 300ZX Turbo, which were great cars. Those 90 Hot to 95. Hot right now. Uh-huh. And the RX-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the uh, the Mitsubishi had uh, 320 horsepower and 315 foot-pounds of torque. Which, by today's standards, is <laughs> like, uh, like a pedal uh, car. Yeah. Oh, I've got that in my F-150. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Right. Or whatever it happens. Uh, Escort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the Tercel. But that was first. But back then, that was respectable. That was that was that was a powerful car. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was uh, and to find one in, in such nice condition is not easy. Not easy at all. And, so uh, check that out on the website. Yeah, please do check out on the website that and any of the other cars that do. I think that's the only Mitsubishi that we have in, or the only one of that kind of generation of mm-hmm. cars right now. We don't see as many of those as we'd like to see, and they don't last very long. That's right. So when one comes in here. Uh, this one was interesting, too, though. I, I just remembered this. The guy who owned it used to own hotels in New York City, and he had a fleet of cars he would loan out to VIP clients. Mm-hmm. And he loved it so much, he shipped it to Paris. Wow. That's not Paris, Tennessee. That's Paris, France. France. And drove it for a year while he was on vacation over there. Yeah, get to go on vacation for a year. Okay. Yeah, well, a long weekend is that's something. the other half, but but still, uh, ship a car to France. Yeah, they just drive it. Right. You know, but people ship cars all over the mm-hmm. world for different various reasons. They ship them to uh, uh, run the London to Brighton race mm-hmm. over in uh, in, in oh, Europe, yeah. and uh, and so and that's one of the things that we always like to to discuss about our business is the fact that. Most of our cars come within probably a 300-mile radius right. of here. But, you know, certainly there's no reason that cars can't come from a further distance. I mean, guys will ship their car from Pennsylvania to Monterey, California, have a reserve on it at an auction. It doesn't sell, and they ship it back home. 
you know, not much different than, than what we're doing here, but we give you more than 90 seconds. We give you 90 days. So, And really, it's more than 90 days. Right. The only reason we put 90 days on the contract is just so we have a reference point, so we know how long the car's been here and, and that, you know, mm-hmm. time to, if it hasn't sold in that period, we might want to talk to the seller, or maybe not. It depends on, you know, where they are at the price point. Uh, if we're getting price resistance on a car, then at that point in time, we might call the seller and say, hey, uh, maybe we ought to lower it a little bit. Does it ever happen before the 90 days? Oh, sure, sure. And, you know, life changes for people. Uh-huh. Right. You know, you've got a car here, and all of a sudden, something happens, and, you know, you lose your lease on your garage, or you're moving, or you're downsizing, mm-hmm. or, you know, something just, just happens. Get rid of it. it just needs to go. We didn't need to go two weeks ago, but now it does need mm-hmm. to go. And so that happens a lot. People will call up and say, listen, have you had any activity uh, on my car? And the answer is usually no, if they haven't heard from us. Normally, we'll call um, and, and give them a, a, a feel for what the market's saying, whether it's, you know, even anywhere close to what they want in their yeah. pocket, uh, or their price that they want. We'll call them and uh, say, hey, look, this is what the market's saying. No pressure. We don't call them up and say, oh, you know, if you don't sell today, then, you know, you're missing out. Right. And, you know, and that's not how we work here. We we call and say, this is the fact. Give me a call back and let me know if it's something that's of interest to you. And so we try our best to, to keep the customer informed with respect to that. But conversely, is, is that, and we do get this from time to time where a guy will say, oh, I wish you'd call me and tell me what's going on with my car. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason we haven't called is there's nothing going on mm-hmm. in your car, unfortunately. We're not getting any activity on it. And, and, and unfortunately, I can't call everybody right. uh, because I, that's all I would be doing all day long. Mm-hmm. And as much as I would love to, uh, I just don't have the time or the resources to be able to call everybody and give them a progress report on their car, especially if there's nothing really to report. Uh, but uh, we, like I said, we get some great cars in this week. We've got a 55 Pontiac Star Chief convertible that is dynamite. I mean, it's got enough chrome on it to sink a battleship. It's it's an amazing car. It's in a, a unusual shade of green, a darkish green. Mm-hmm. It's really, really a pretty car. And uh, that one just came in from our good friend uh, up in the uh, uh, Buffalo area. And we got a wonderful 1960 Corvette Roadster in um, excuse me, in the horizon uh, blue, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really unusual color uh, with the white coats and dual quads. And that's the car that actually is going to Alaska. Okay. And, wow. uh, yeah. So uh, how awesome is that? I find a 60 Corvette to go to take to Alaska. I guess he'll be, I, you know, I, I really, I, this will sound naive or ignorant, but I don't really know what the weather is like in Alaska. And I say that with tongue in cheek. I mean, you know, is it, it's like Pennsylvania. I expected Pennsylvania to have much more snow and inclement weather. It really is not as bad as some of the other northern states are. It just gets so, so, so cold. Right. That's the right. problem. I, I told, I think I may have told the story on, on, on the air is that I bought my typhoon in November, October, November, he couldn't ship it till it got above zero degrees because, you know, typhoons have this cladding, this plastic cladding. Right. And he said it would have just cracked, it would have just crumbled if wow. it was outside. So there's a lot of garage kept cars right. in Alaska. There's a lot right. of car guys in Alaska, car people in Alaska. Yeah. I don't know that we've sold many. I know we've sold a few up to, to that part of the world. We sell quite a few up in the Seattle area and things like that. But it's, you know, it's always funny. You just assume because it's north, you know, what is it? Well, it's cold. It's mm-hmm. really, really cold. Uh, but uh, but still, obviously, plenty of time, I guess, for people to enjoy their cars and something to look forward to. And no different than what we do. We all put our cars away for the winter and tinker with them and do the things that we needed to fix that we didn't get to during the, the more uh, favorable weather. Right. And uh, and then so, you know, that's our time to reassess and decide what we want to do or decide maybe we want to change. Mm-hmm. And we get that all the time where a guy will bring us his car for consignment. He'll buy a car from us and bring his car for consignment because he only has garage space for once. Sure. And make sure what we want to do is measure that garage space. <laughs> As we talked about in the missing first 15 minutes of our broadcast, the missing tapes that will someday come back to haunt us. I have I'm it sure. on video. Yeah. Oh, there's always that. Yeah, someday will come back to haunt us because uh, we said whatever. Um, so, you know, uh, the car hobby in general, uh, as I said earlier, is doing really, really well. We're getting some wonderful cars. We've got a 54 Bel Air convertible in that's just stunning. And talk about something that are coming uh, into their own a little bit right now, are the 53 and 54 Bel Airs. Uh, used to be they didn't command very much attention, but they seem to be more and more so. Uh, I think that's an ebb and flow, because I remember like when I first started watching Barrett-Jackson, what, 20 years right. ago, they were super hot, and you couldn't get one for less than $90,000. Right. Then they kind of slowed down a little bit, and I think they're back. Yeah. yeah. 
And the Bellairs in general, I mean, they were hot, hot, hot about, you know, five, six, seven, ten years okay. ago. They settled a little bit, but the but the you know, again, the best of the best still bring premium dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a at a, at a, at a resto mod or a fully restored one at Barrett Jackson that's done right, and I mean right, mm-hmm. right, uh, are bringing huge money. But the, you know, the myth that people and the thing that people don't always understand is they say, well, gosh, that car brought that much money. Mine ought to bring, mm-hmm. you know, half that, right? Because my car is almost as good as that. Well, the problem that you don't understand with the one that brought, let's say, for example, two hundred grand at Barrett Jackson, the guy may have had three hundred in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, so so what sounds like, oh, that's a home run, may or may not be a home run for the guy. Uh, speaking of Broncos, we took in a '96 Ford uh, Eddie Bauer Bronco, okay. and that was it's it's up there in price, but uh, that's what the market seems to be bringing on those. We also took in an '89 AM General Hummer, big old. We we look at those the black ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are special. Man. Those <laughs> are really cool. Else. And you talk about those have skyrocketed in price. <laughs> These are the real deal. They're not this is not the H one. No. Uh, you know, yeah, soccer mom car. Right. This is this, and not to <clears throat> diminish soccer mom. No. Excuse me, cough button, cough button. <laughs> so we have one. Not yet. Well, we should get one. By golly, write it down right now. We need a cough button for Stewart because <laughs> his hoarseness is coming through the air. But anyway, yeah. Hey. Um, so, what are some of the other things that we've got? Oh, oh, we got a seventy old four four two W thirty car that is amazing. The Goldman red interfenders. Oh, okay. Four speed, Muncie four speed, uh, man, what a car! It's a it's a darker gold than most, so it's not a champagne gold as much as a gold gold. They are just beasts. They you know, are. It like grandma's car. But I know. Things. Same with the Buicks of that same mm-hmm. era. GS, you know, the GSXs. GSXs. I yeah. mean, people didn't realize those were, those were some of the most powerful cars on the on the planet. Yeah. Five hundred foot pounds of torque, I think, in that GSX uh, stage one or stage two or what, yeah. whatever they were. I mean, those were amazing they cars, were. and uh, you know, they're not uh, they're not uh, something to be. And, and and like you said, everybody thought, oh, Oldsmobile or or mm-hmm. Buick, that's your grandpa's car. Yeah, Century. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Buick Century. That's what yeah. my grandmother. My grandmother actually drove a Buick. Of course she did. Why wouldn't she? Hey, guess what else we got? An AMC Eagle station. Wagon. I saw it. I saw <laughs> and again, it. with the hot right there, it is right there. That thing is cool. Right. That's from my childhood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like the first. Really, that's like the predecessor to the Outbacks. Exactly. I mean, it's very cool. I just saw a Subaru Brat on. I think it was on Bring a Trailer, and it brought I saw that crazy money, yep. like twenty grand or something. They're hot. God, yeah. I wish I would have bought them when they were fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> with the two back seats, they had the plastic yep. back seats yep. that are in the. They had one in college. In the bed. Yeah. Is that my a friend of ours had one? Yep. Uh, growing up, but uh, I never had one. We were driving through the desert in uh, leaving Las Vegas to go back to school in Utah, and right. the lights just stopped for oh. in the middle of the night <laughs> in the middle of the desert. It was, that's one, of those, a, one of those experiences, yeah. those brat experiences, but yeah, they're hot. And uh, but that that uh, wagon, uh, that AMC, it's, yeah. it's like a time capsule. It's unbelievable. So I had, a, I had a story to tell. So when I was going to boarding school in Darlington, uh, uh, at Darlington in Rome, Georgia, and I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, which mm-hmm. was about a three and a half, four hour drive. We were going down after I uh, left Darlington and come back to school in Knoxville. We'd gone down for a weekend, and I had a 1976 Audi 100 LS. Oh, fine car. Uh, it was ice blue and uh, navy blue leather interior. And it, everybody thought it was a Mercedes. Nobody oh, knew what it right. was. And it was a dog. It was just... But we had a great stereo. We mm-hmm. had speakers all in strategic places. So we drove... We were going to road trip down to uh, from Knoxville to Rome, Georgia to go hang out for the weekend. And about halfway there, maybe just before Chattanooga, the car just decided it wouldn't go over five miles an hour. And that was the top speed it would go. And there was no rhyme or reason to it. So we stopped, and I called my dad, and he said, turn around immediately. And, of course, we didn't, because <laughs> we were on a mission. Right. So it, what normally would take about four and, four and a half hours took us nine and a half hours to get there, or ten and a half hours, I think, yeah. five miles an hour. The worst part was going up hills yeah. when there was a bridge, and they had no emergency lane, and you had to swing out into traffic doing five to seven miles oh per God. hour. And we went all the way down. Of course, my dad was furious. And on the way back, we it took us about ten hours to get just to halfway back, mm-hmm. and the car finally to the point it wouldn't even go over a speed bump in Valdosta, oh. Georgia, or not Valdosta, uh, Ringgold, Georgia. And so I called my dad, and of course, you know, we didn't turn around, and he had to send the tow truck down to pick it up, and he was furious. So. Would you lose two of the three cylinders? I don't even remember now. I think we <laughs> traded it in and took whatever. So. Um, 
you know, that was just one of those stories and things that, that happened to you. And you're young and yeah. uh, foolish and, and on a mission and don't care. And you're, we're going, by golly. That's right. And uh, so, anyway, back to some of the interesting cars we've gotten in this week. Uh, 71 XKE Roaster Jag uh, in uh, antique white mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with a tan guts. And uh, a Lexus SC430. Yeah, those are different. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, 2002. It's white with uh, the retractable hardtop. And uh, those are really interesting cars. We rented one when we were out in California a number of years ago and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic driving car. They are. And just, you know, wonderful cars. We also got in a. 1931 D-White. I don't know if you say D-White or Doe-White. 19-foot runabout. It's an all-wooden boat. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm Uh, saying I saw that because after the (laughs) show, Ethan and I walk around for a half hour looking at all the new arrivals. Yeah, yeah, because it's always new and it's always exciting. And, you know, that's us every day. Every day it's like, oh, we've got something new to play with. I told you, I said to Ethan, this is an old boat. And what year is it? Uh, 1931. That's amazing. It's, yeah. been re- it's been restored. It's been restored. Uh, they built the whites from 1929 to 1935. Now, the more recognizable boats that you would see of that ilk or era are the Chris Crafts. Uh-huh. And they would be you know, the wooden boats with the three cockpits or the two cockpits, which are just seating areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're cutouts, if you will. Right. And uh, But, man, they were, you know, they... There were so many cool boats built back in the mm-hmm. day, and I've become a real boat lover. Although I don't own a boat, right. I keep threatening to buy one. But you know, and of course they're hand they're handmade. I mean, it's really a work of art. It really is, and but the barrel backs are really cool too. That had that kind of barrel look mm-hmm. on the back end of them, yep. and then they had the ones that they called the torpedoes. Storms that were the front end looked like a torpedo, and then the runabouts, which is what this one is. Um, and it's just a, a, an amazing boat. And it's like a sports car. I was telling them the way the seats are. It's like a sports car. It really is on the water. It's not very practical. You know, <laughs> there's not, not much that you, you can't haul a lot of people. You, right. you probably, I guess, you could water ski behind it or or do something behind know. it. Uh, but you know, they're not very practical. That's why I like like the old cars, the nineteen early nineteen hundreds cars that are two seaters. Because they were not practical. So if you had one of those back in the day, you know, most people had cars or vehicles because they were practical. They needed to haul something. Mm-hmm. They hauled all the family or they went, you know, whatever they did. Uh, with a two-seater, it wasn't very practical. So that was the cool kid in the neighborhood with the 1912 Buick two-seater roadster right. or any of those. And to your there. point, the, the antiques that you have on display here are mostly trucks. And, Correct. And were purposeful, purposely built. And yeah. they're just amazing, whether it was wood or dairy or whatever. Sure. They're all here. The amazing thing about finding trucks like that in, in that can, you know, barn find condition like we have in our display area is the fact that most trucks got used until they were unusable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got used until they literally just collapsed in a heap. <laughs> right. And uh, and so to find some of the trucks that we have in our collection, I mean, the 1923 Chevrolet Weedman camper that was found in a field, yeah, or a you know 1915 Republic, or a you know early 1900 a 1909 Doris, which was a pickup truck made in uh, St. Louis, and there's probably only one. That's assembled left in the world, and then the grandson of the the founder of the company, Mr. Doris, uh, his grandson was here, and he has one, and he took a lot of pictures of ours because he wanted to reassemble it and couldn't really figure out how to put it all back together, which is uh, not surprising because you know sometimes it's hard even on cars that they made a lot of. Right. So. Uh, some of the other interesting cars we've got a nine fourteen Targan uh, this week that's in yellow, yellow. And uh, it's really a neat car. It's got an upgraded 2100 cc four cylinder. It's a blast to drive. They are fun, and 914s are super hot right they now. Are. They used to be unloved uh, and, and cheap. And cheap. And again, <laughs> why didn't we buy No crystal ball back then, but holy cow. People say that to me all the time. Why didn't you buy yeah. this and hold up to it? Well, yeah. life. Life. You know? exactly. Like we say all the time, you know. So. Um, we probably have gotten in in the past week. We've probably taken in twenty five or thirty cars mm-hmm. last week. And just all of it. We took in a '69 Bronco. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Harbor Blue with a, uh, a white top. And, yeah, uh, Ethan and, has his name on. It. I can see he's <laughs> smiling about that one. So. Well, Ethan, I wanted to tell you about your Christmas bonus. <laughs> and, uh, it's not going to be that. So. Right, sorry. sorry. Oh, but, we have a matchbox. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I had a guy call me the other day. He goes, is that a real car in your pictures when I was selling a car? It was online somewhere. And I said, yeah. He goes, well, your pictures are so 
crisp and mm-hmm. said I, I wasn't sure if it was real or not. They do look like toys. Yeah, yeah. sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get that. So, uh, but no, they're actually we're selling real cars here, and uh, we sell everything from Corvettes to Model A's to Bel Airs to boats. Ferraris and boats mm-hmm. and, and SUVs and Grand Wagoneers and, and a few motorcycles, a few motorcycles here and there, um, and some cyclones and typhoons, which yes. I know right up your alley. <laughs> and uh, you know, and 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 it's hard to say. People say. Well, you know, you asked me earlier, what's hot right now? You know, everything. I mean, mm-hmm. the market is strong right now. Mm-hmm. People are buying uh, more so than I think I've ever seen. This market, uh, it's it's been strong, and it's great uh, for us, especially when you have as many cars as we have in inventory, because you know we're kind of stocking up for the winter, you know? right? And and very few of them have computer chips, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know that's going to be the interesting thing when you start restoring cars uh, twenty or thirty years. Yeah, ago. Right. You know when you restore a car from built from this era, yeah. and uh, it has computers and or batteries or batteries. Oh yeah. yeah, think about the battery powered cars. I mean, what's going to happen with them all? What are they going to do with all the used batteries? Is what I wonder. You know, that's the scary part is that and you know I, as we've said before on the show you know there's I think there's a place for electric cars sure that's that there's practical things that make sense for that if you're a if you're doing short commutes uh, you know to the to the grocery store to the hairdresser to wherever you're going and you don't drive long distances maybe maybe that does make the most sense for you and maybe that, that you know there is a, a need for those but uh, but I certainly don't see all electric cars like some people are predicting and we've talked about again before and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse but mm-hmm. uh, but I just don't see that happening I don't see it being practical yeah I, I mean I think the range uh, issue will be tackled uh, I think they'll take care of that but um, there's nothing like there's nothing like the visceral feel of a, of a, of a real engine right and I think that'll never go away but but, but electric cars are fun yeah I mean the, the Tesla flat you know oh my like, god yeah. insane yeah. speeding you know <laughs> demons and hellcats left and right exactly all over YouTube yeah oh, that's really got to be ticking those guys <laughs> off <laughs> with no noise with no noise and that's the thing you know be careful pedestrians of, mm-hmm. of uh, electric cars true uh, because uh, they certainly uh, can uh, sneak up on you yes, they can <laughs> and so you know once again, we've come to the conclusion of our six, seventh podcast. Is this our seventh? Yeah. Seven, this yeah. is number seven, with a few repeats mm-hmm. and a few technical right. glitches, but we're we're figuring it out as we go, as we used to like to say. And uh, if you get a chance, go to our website, classicautomodel.com. Check out all our inventory. If you've got a great car to sell, certainly reach out to us. Um, and you know, certainly if you have uh, the answer to our four-on-the-floor question or any questions, you can reach us at podcast at classicautomodel.com. Or if you have just a general question about cars and, and uh, about inventory or things like that, you can go to info at classicautomall.com, and that'll get you to one of our uh, trusty car specialists who have all the knowledge in the world and then some about uh, cars and, uh, and, and, and what these cars are, and they aren't. We tell the guys, look, when you you got a guy on the phone and you're telling him about a car, you, tell, you work for him at that point. Mm-hmm. You tell him everything you know about the car. So if you get a chance, go on our website and, uh, and check it out. And we'll see you again next week with our guest, Emily Mann, who is the executive director, or managing director of the Cobra Experience in Martinez, California. And that's an amazing place. It's uh, CobraExperience.com is their website. Check them out, and we'll talk to Emily next week. We appreciate your listening to our show, and don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're here. We're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we're closed on Sundays because everybody needs a day of rest. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.